Sangpo and welcome to Hello from Bhutan. Today I'm sitting here at the Center for Bhutan and Greenish Studies with Venerable Dr. Tamapia, who is the Secretary General of the International Buddhist Confederation, partners with CBS for this fourth international conference on Vajrayana Buddhism. Tell us a little bit about this collaboration, Venerable. Thank you so much for uh, interviewing me. This international conference on Vajrayana Buddhism has been very meaningful, encouraging, and also enlightening, which is co-hosted, co-organized by CBS and Central Monastic Body of Bhutan, which is a very important body for the monastics, and also IBC, International Buddhist Confederation. The role of International Buddhist Confederation is to support any kind of activity by the Buddhist organizations or monastic bodies which promotes peace, harmony, understanding, knowledge, and preservation and promotion of Buddhist culture and heritage. So this conference is important for all of us because after two years of COVID-19 pandemic, where all have been now confined within the boundaries of our house or temples, monastery, whatever you call that, it's the first time I think a large number of people came out to Thimpo, the Royal Kingdom of Bhutan. So this is a very important occasion for all of us to share our knowledge and experiences on not only the Vajrayana Buddhism, but on the teachings of the Buddha at large, in general. Because you have seen in the conference, there have been many papers, varying papers on different subjects, covering uh, your gender issue, environment, and Kala Chakra, and many other things, right? So it's a very enlightening kind of program. The IBC wants this kind of program to happen. And as Buddhist, I understand we are to look from the universal dharma point of view. That is, first we are human, then we are Buddhist, and then only we are either followers of Vajrayana or Theravada or Mahayana. Right? So we are one. We have common dharma. Our supreme master is the Sakyamuni Buddha, who got enlightened awakened in Bodhgaya, which is in India. Right. So what I would like to convey the message to the people around the world, either you call yourself a Buddhist or Christian or Hindu or Muslim or non-believers, I have no problem. We are human, we are one. We are Buddhist, we are one. And what we all want is to have a good, peaceful world. And to have a good, harmonious, peaceful world, we have to follow and practice certain things. That is universal values, I call that. That means the compassion is one universal value. We all have to follow and practice. Whatever your faith, it doesn't matter. But you follow compassion, practice it. And compassion for whom? Compassion for your fellow human beings, compassion for the environment, for nature, and also compassion for the animals. Right. Number one. 
Number two is let us reduce our desires, reduce our exploitation of the natural world, protect the Mother Earth. I understand this very important second step. And thirdly, whatever dharma or religion or faith we follow, or whatever region or country we come from, as human beings, one day we have to die, right? Nobody can stop it. This is the universal law. So before we die, contribute something to the world positively, right? Don't do something to generate the violence in the name of God, Goddess, Ishwara, Bhagawan as such. If something in the name of God, Ishwara, Bhagawan, whatever you call Allah, whatever it is, that should contribute positively to the world. That's what I would like to request everyone. And um, as Buddhists, finally, if we are to ask, as Buddhists, what do we do to contribute to the world? So I would like to request our Buddhist brothers, sisters and friends, think of Buddhism for the society. Not only praying in the temple and monasteries and doing pujas, but what is going on in society? How we can help society as Buddhists, for as monks, nuns, and practitioners? Right? Many issues and problems are in society. Basically, teachings of the Buddha is to alleviate the misery problems from society. So we have to work with society, right? And then next is Buddhism for environment. Buddhism for nature, Buddhism for Mother Earth, Buddhism for culture, Buddhism for world peace, Buddhism for whatever good things you can think, think of, take that as your values, as your responsibility. Let us work collectively towards this goal. I think then we can be called as good Buddhist. <laughs> That's all I want to say. Venerable, what do you think? I mean, I'm sure you came in with a set of expectations after partnering with the Center for Bhutan and GNA Studies on this conference. So many speakers, so many presentations. Do you think that the goal with which IBC decided to partner with CBS has been achieved via this conference? Definitely, the goal is not static, not one. So we have short-term goal, we have long-term goal, we have many goals. And what we envisioned to have achieved from this conference, I understand definitely uh, it is done. Like we could get so many people coming together, sharing knowledge, understanding each other. We made many friends from different countries and uh, Many people who never had an exposure to the Vajrayana Buddhism also, they had come and they had learned. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <Yes. laughs> so uh, we, but one thing what I felt is um, normally when we have conference on Buddhism in our tradition, Theravada Buddhism for example, we mostly quote and refer the original words of the Buddha. Right? Of course, commentaries, all these things are there. But in the Vajrayana conference, what we have found is uh, the words of the Buddha are not much quoted. Uh, we have the Tipitaka. The Tipitaka is the text, scriptural text, considered to be the main text which preserves the words of Buddha. So also in the 
Nalanda tradition or Vajrayana tradition, we have something called the sacred scriptural text Kanjur, right? So uh, I did not find much references uh, or quotations quoted from the Kanjur. That's the only thing I found. A little different, otherwise everything was really good. I think there was a mix of um, secular, a secular approach to Buddhism, I think. This is why I think even people like me who aren't, like I was confessing um, during my session, I'm not a Vajrayana practitioner, but I do identify as a Buddhist. But there's space for people like me here, and I think um, that was interesting for me. But does it surprise you that a Bhutanese sits across from you, is at this conference and says she's not a Vajrayana practitioner? <laughs> Whether we call ourselves Vajrayana practitioner or not, First thing is human, then Buddhist. Then we call whatever thing we like, right? So the teachings of the Buddha is for everyone. For human and non-human both. In India at that time, when Buddha started teaching his dharma, there were different castes. The Brahmin, the Kshatriyas, the Vaishyas, the Sudras, different castes were there. And there had been the practice of untouchability also. But Buddha said, no, dharma is for all. Whether you are a Brahmin or Kshatriya or Vaishya, Sudra, untouchable, whatever you call, doesn't make any difference. Whether you are a man or woman, whether you are old or young, dharma is for everyone. So like that, though it is Vajrayana conference, so long as we are human beings, so long as we are mentally, physically fit and sound to listen and learn the Dharma, I think it's quite good that we, we come here and learn the Dharma. So you have my gratitude as a Bhutanese for, in a way, I think, um, introducing me to what I've missed out so far. The International Buddhist Confederation has my gratitude and uh, Venerable, you have my gratitude as well. Another thing I wanted to ask you really is about the work that the International Buddhist Confederation does. Uh, for me, as a feminist, I found it really interesting to see on your website that you're very outspoken about uh, equality. Definitely, there has been the issue of gender equality coming up quite often. And I am for that, actually. I understand the world has a beauty of opposites, I call it, right? Day and night, man and woman, for example. Positive, negative, energy, whatever we call, we have these opposite concepts. These are part and parcel of our existence in the law of nature. Of course, everything in the universe, in the world, has its own role to play. So we cannot say one is superior, the other is inferior, right? So regarding the gender also, I understand women and men, they are part and parcel of the existence. Each gender has its own role to play. And we are not to look down upon any gender or any person because one is woman or man, right? We have to respect human being as human being. But society has evolved for so many thousands of years on certain system, patriarchal system, and whether you, we have this, um, people say male chauvinism or something like that, right? Chauvinism, I don't know. Huh? Or, you have male domination. All these things you find reflected in many of even culture, traditions, practices, writings, even in many of the religious texts, if you want to say, right? 
That is a fact. I feel we have to work on this. Basically, when I have love and compassion for all human beings, women or men, that can be overcome. But if we have ego and jealousy and uh, a feeling of domination, to dominate somebody, then I think it's difficult. But I understand in course of time when people realize the truth that we all are the same, whether you are man or woman, male or female, we are born, we grow old, one day we have to die. So why so much of uh, ego, why, why so much of jealousy, why so much of discrimination, all right? So do something good and treat women also as part of your own existence. That's equal, equal in the sense like you are part of the same process, but woman has its own role, male has a male role that we play. That's what I understand. So in Buddhist uh, platform, there have been some sort of queries about that regarding the ordination of nuns, right? And the representation of nuns or women in different co programs and conferences. So what I used to say is, um, if there are competent women or nuns, they should be given proper, appropriate place. Why not? Right. It is not only the men or males are competent or intelligent. It's not like that. So we find competent and intelligent, knowledgeable people even the nunneries, non-community and women, definitely. So I'm open to equality and justice. Of course, we have to keep in mind the social structure, all that. We have to manage harmoniously so that we don't uh, uh, create hatred or, or some sort of problems among ourselves. That is the only point. Who better to do it than a Buddhist leader, the path of moderation, right? Venerable. The last question that I have is about uh, IBC's work, so about a decade of IBC's existence. Ten years, ten years, years plus. Ten years now, ten right? Years um, so what have been the greatest challenges and what have been the greatest opportunities for the IBC? Challenges will be there when you are going to have uh, big programs and conferences or, or the project to take off. That is natural that you find sometime the difficulties within the, the organization, you find difficulties outside factors that is there. And definitely we have been doing quite well in the area of this culture, heritage, dharma practices and collaboration, bridging between and among different traditions of uh, Buddhist practitioners and also promoting the principle of compassion, love, and the middle path. It's very important also. And linking among different Buddhist organizations and practitioners of different lineages, that's also there. And we have been also working on environment and the gender equality. Of course, there had been questions from different uh, platforms when we come to gender issues. But I find whether we are monks or nuns, definitely we have to treat human beings as human beings with due respect. That's my stand. That is the thing. 
And opportunities are definitely we have people, organizations from different countries. We bring them together and share their knowledge and experiences that enhances our understanding and it reduces the gap and misunderstanding that we used to have. For example, the monastics, like monastic communities belonging to Theravada tradition, monastic community belonging to the Nalanda tradition or Vajrayana tradition. So we never had a kind of conversation on the Vinaya roles. Theravada monks used to think the Mahayana or the Vajrayana monks, they must be having less Vinaya roles, they don't follow something like that. But when we had this dialogue on Vinaya, we found, yes, we have almost the same kind of Vinaya. The only point is whether we follow or we don't follow, but we have the same teach. This is what the IBC has been doing. It's own job to bring people together, to understand each other and minimize this harmony and the conflicts that we have been doing also on the team, conflict avoidance. Dialogue on conflict avoidance, not conflict resolution. Conflict avoidance means before conflict starts, you do something to avoid the conflict. That's how we have been doing. Fascinating, Venerable. Is there a potential for future collaborations with Bhutan again regarding Buddhism and the IBC? Sure. We'll be happy to collaborate, support any initiative or effort proposed by either CBS or by the central monastic body. India and IBC will be happy to collaborate and work together in the future as well. Definitely. We would welcome. Thank you so much, Venerable Dr. Tamapia. Thank you for your time.